you're at a place you just discovered. And being an American Express Platinum card member with Global Dining Access by Resi helped you score tickets to quite the dining experience. Okay, chef. You're looking at something you've never seen before, much less tasted. After your first bite, you say nothing because you're speechless. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your dining experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Welcome to the Nerds Podcast number 856. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Uh, tackling your next move might not be as difficult as it seems because you could just make something, Katie. You could just make a thing that you want to make. You can make anything. Anything you want, except uh, you can't make a tree from scratch. You would need seeds and soil. and That would be a little more difficult. That would be difficult. But if you wanted to create a digital tree and you wanted to park that somewhere and you said, well, social media is just too snack size and I really want to do something that's a little more in-depth in for people, you could create your digital identity Using Squarespace, start a business, change a career, launch a new creative project on the side. They give you the ability to create any online platform which makes your next big idea known to the world. And they have incredible templates, award-winning. Creating a website is simple, intuitive. Start your free trial today at squarespace.com under the offer code NERDS to get 10% off your first purchase, plus a free domain. Thank you to Squarespace. Katie, what's on the Nerdist Community Corkboard? We got a couple cool things. Uh, Steven writes, I run Engaged Family Gaming, where a website dedicated to giving gamer parents the tools they need to get their family's game on. Uh, He's been running the site for about four years, uh, and they have a pretty active Facebook group at engagedfamilygaming.com slash community. And uh, you can find more info at engagedfamilygaming.com, or you can follow them at Facebook, uh, Engaged Family Gaming, or on Twitter, at EF Gaming. And then also Jim Reimer writes, he wants to promote his girlfriend Rachel's bookstore in Green Bay, Wisconsin. It's called The Bookstop. It's a paperback exchange store. All used books are 50% off the cover price. Um, It sounds like a really cool little fun store with a lot of interesting books. Uh, and so if there's any other enthusiasts in the Northeast Wisconsin area that want to support a long-lived small business in Green Bay, you can visit her website at bookstopinc.info. And, uh, yeah, you can just find out more info That's about That's great. It. And, you know, of course, uh, I'm, you know, if you're in Green Bay, Wisconsin right now, you're probably not leaving your house because it's February. But if you do get out of your house, that's a great place to but go. You need something to do while you're at home, so why don't you go get a book and then you can read it. Oh, you're so good. You're so good at this. <laughs> Um, also, I want to say that I am performing at the Irvine Improv in Irvine, California, this weekend, March 3rd and 4th. I believe that's the Friday and Saturday. Yes, March 3rd and 4th. Uh, Mike Furman will be on the show. April Richardson will be on the show. It's a fun show. And uh, yeah, I haven't, been, I haven't been to Irvine in a long time. So come to those shows. There's two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. Just, I think if you, I think it's like irvine.improv.com or just Google Irvine, Irvine Improv. Improv. You know how to up. find stuff. You're smart. Okay, this episode is Catherine O'Hara, um, and that is uh, that is. If I had had 
you know, if I the, the when people say who's someone that you've always wanted on the podcast, she was always on that list. Yeah. And I was able to get her to do the podcast, which is insane because <laughs> she doesn't really do interviews. She doesn't yeah. really do this kind of stuff. But I met her at a party last year and she could not have been sweeter. And uh and I saw her at the same party again this year after the Oscars and of course at a certain point, I was like, oh, I'm talking her ear off. I'm talking this poor, kind lady's ear off. So uh, so I, I slinked away. But uh, she's she's the best. And uh, it was so... It, there are just some people that are sitting across from me at this table where I go, I cannot believe that these people are across from me yeah. at this table right now. She, yeah, she was so great, too. And, uh, and so Catherine O'Hara is promoting Schitt's Creek which is Wednesdays at 8 p.m. on Pop TV. Uh, all the episodes are on cbc.ca slash Schitt's Creek, which is S-C-H-I-T-T-S Creek, uh, which you should watch. And also a series of Unfortunate Events, which is now streaming on Netflix, yeah. with our friend Neil Patrick Harris as well. So thank you so much to Catherine O'Hare for being the amazing and wonderful human being that I had hoped you would be. Uh, I worship you always. I am forever <laughs> your servant. Uh, I, will, I will do anything you want. I will literally do anything you want, Catherine O'Hare, including stop kind of stalking you. Uh, Casper, Casper Mattresses, is also sponsoring this episode of the Nerdist Podcast. Obsessively engineered mattresses at a shockingly fair price. You're going to hear the price and you're going to be shocked at how fair. You will be shocked by the fairness, Katie. I'm shocked. That doesn't seem shocked. Can you do a take two? I'm shocked. And this time, a little less uh, Hacker and Blacker sitting in here and, uh, <laughs> trying not to giggle at Katie's performances. Because they're good. You're, she's taking you to this place of shock I'm and so horror. shocked. Yeah, they're shocked. Well, you can talk now. I've already said you guys are here. They're the Catherine O'Hara of mattresses. And <laughs> that they're amazing? <laughs> time Magazine named it one of the best inventions of 2015. Because there is a sleep service which has the right amount of sync, the right amount of bounce. You're going to try it for 100 days uh, risk-free in your own home. If you don't love it, they're going to pick it up and refund you everything. But you're not going to want to do that because you're going to be sleeping too well. Casper understands the importance of sleeping on a mattress before you commit. And that's why they're going to give you this deal. Free shipping and returns to the U.S. and Canada. Uh, and it, 4.8 stars. And it's not out of five. Not out of like a thousand. 4.8 out of five. Get $50 towards any mattress purchased by visiting casper.com slash Nerdist. Use the offer code Nerdist. Terms and conditions apply. Here's Nerdist Podcast number 856 with Catherine O'Hara. Now entering Nerdist.com. What if you're like, why did I agree to drive into Hollywood in this day? No, you. I'm saying you. No. Yeah. No, not at all. Never. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Never. Never. I I was very excited. We already started rolling, by the way, just so you know. Oh, did you? Yeah, we just glide into it. Tricked into this, then. I did, yeah. You are totally tricked. I think you'll find the doors quite locked. But I... Don't know if you remember this, but I met you at this party that uh, the, the Vanity Fair party last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I don't normally go up to people that I like because I just assume it's going to go like this. Hey, I think you're great. Uh, thanks. Uh, well, bye. <laughs> like it just 
That happens to me at that party. It does? Yeah, oh, I've, I've jumped on people. Who'd you, <laughs> <laughs> Who'd you jump on? Who was it? Who was it? Uh, <laughs> poor guy. He was in the middle of talking to a girl, chatting up a girl. It was Derek Hoff, because I'd watched Dancing with the Stars, and I thought, that guy's an amazing dancer, an amazing choreographer. And I went up, I just dove at him. <laughs> oh, you're amazing. Oh, okay, thank you. He was perfectly polite, but it's like, okay, then, bye. Well, so, oh, so you guys are having a... <laughs> or it works out. Once I, t- I jumped all over uh, Andre 3000. Oh, you did? Yes. A few years ago, you know, after, uh, yeah, yeah, which nobody could stop singing. And went up to him at, a, at the Vanity Fair party. And uh, I said, oh, my God, I love you. I love you so much. He said, oh, thank you. Thank you very much. And I started to walk away. And he looked at me and went, oh, he recognized me, which I didn't expect and I wasn't hoping for. But he went, oh, and then he went, respect. And then he brought me in for a hug. And I was like, Aww. you know me. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> See, that's how I, I was expecting. I didn't. When you said, "Oh yeah, you do," you, I knew who you are. Yeah, I was like, "What?" Like it didn't. It just completely. <laughs> I couldn't. It was hard to process because that That's party is so. Oh. It's like there's that guy and there's that lady and there's him. Yeah, and she's here and, and they're like, talking to each other. They know each other. It's <laughs> yeah. just this craziest. Oh, it's crazy. This it craziest is. like celebrity salad. Yeah, of of people. And if you do get recognized by some other people, it makes you feel like that's the, the opposite of the actor's nightmare. It's the actor's dream. Right. Like you just keep walking past famous faces and they'll go, "Hi, I love you. Hey, I love you. <laughs> oh, I love you. I love you." Everyone's in such a good mood. It's just it is so freaking. People are holding it? Oscars. Love that. I know. It's just. It's it's so surreal, party. but you, even even I mean you this certainly is not your first party of that ilk. So it's funny to me that that still kind of bends your brain in the same way. Yeah, because there are people throughout the year that I love seeing and I really respect their work, and I don't think oh I wish I could meet them, but suddenly they're in your face. <laughs> they're walking by, and you just I don't know. For me, you jump on them. Right, I well, jumped on um. Oh, sorry, too. You know, Sir Ben Kingsley once. Oh, yes. I really scared him because it was at the uh, <laughs> the Academy Theater that has the long, you know, mile-long rows of seats. Yeah. And he was in the middle, and it was before the movie started. And so it was pretty empty. It was way before the movie started. He was early. I was early, freakishly early. And uh, and I had just seen Sexy Beasts just a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, I went running at him. and. He was watching me coming out. I'm like, someone's this girl. She's gonna kill me. She's gonna who is she? She's gonna kill me. Yeah. You tackled the knight. The knight. He's a knight, technically. Oh, he's a, oh sorry, sexy beast to me. Oh yes, of course. He's technically a yes, knight. Yes, sorry, yeah. He's technically yes. is a knight. I did say sir. And he's so he's very soft spoken yes, too. Yes. Light and light and shade. <laughs> Life is all about light, avoiding the shade and finding the light. Yes, we, he was on the podcast a couple of years ago. And was he, just, he? We did it in front of you know two thousand people at Comic Con, and he was so he was just so captivating, and everything just sounded like a fucking poem. I'm like, no. God, how do you? How are you like that? You know, <laughs> I wonder if he goes home and he's like, All right, turn on the yeah. telly. Hey, fucking what's on the telly? I don't even know. What's it, Benny Hill again? <laughs> but it, it just it it it's great to hear that. I think it means that you're doing the right thing when you can still be excited by it. Why would you not be? Well, I don't know, because there are some people that just, you know, it, for me, my my famous going up to a celebrity story was probably 15 years ago. I, I, I ran at Steve Martin, which yeah. is something that he's not super comfortable with. And uh, But, you know, Steve Martin, I know all the albums. And I was like, oh, my God, Steve Martin. It was at yeah. Aspen Comedy Festival. And every, that was the first time I got real burnt. And he was not rude. He It was just, I just saw the shields go up. 
and he was just like, oh, thank you. You know, it's like yeah. social anxiety. And, yeah. And so, uh, th- so I'm very careful now when I go up to people. I don't have any expectation. It's no, just, just neither do I. Think you're great. Just want yeah. you to know, have a good night. Yeah. You I know? just can't help it in the moment. Yeah. I just really... Sometimes you'll know they put out vibe that they're not, you know, they don't want to be talked to. <laughs> right. You know, so you watch them afar, from afar. Right. Yeah. It's like you're knocking on the bathroom stall. <laughs> I think you're great. Uh, this is the women's room. I know. I just wanted to say you're great. I don't. I'll get, I'll get out of here in a you second. You even pee pretty. <laughs> Uh, P. Pretty is like a great title for a biography. All right, if you're going to do a biography, I sure P. Pretty is great. P. Pretty, how about Dr. Call? It's a great name for that. I would love to, and I hope you don't mind talking about it, but I'm so, I would love, do you mind if I kind of dig around about SCTV a little bit in those days? Sure, whatever. Because if I can remember anything. Well, because it, you know, in in America, we didn't get SCTV. I think it was delayed a few years by the time we got it, wasn't it? Does it was SCTV like Probably. originally like seventy six to? Wow, the years when you're supposed to. Marty Short is like you know Rain Man about this. <laughs> he knows all that stuff. The month, the day, the year. Yeah, right. I'm I'm not good at that, but uh, yeah, it probably was on in a half hour form. For a while in Canada before, I'm sure, before they made a deal to show it here. And then it was on before or after Saturday Night Live or after the Tomorrow Show. Do you remember Tom Snyder? Yeah, of course. I remember Tom Snyder. Yeah. It would be on after that, I think. It was always on different time slots. There was no consistency to it all. So if you caught it at all, thanks. Thanks for making the effort. But it was a a big deal here. I mean, I'm sure it was a, a huge deal in Canada. I would assume it was a huge deal in Canada. It was a huge deal here. And, uh, and certainly just, Something that was really diff- different because Saturday Night Live was all about the performance to the audience, yeah. you know. And SCTV was so intimate. Yeah. And I had heard Rick Moranis when Rick Moranis was on. He said it was like, oh, we were shooting in isolation. Like there was, <laughs> we didn't know anyone was knew anything that we were doing. No, we did it for ourselves. So what was yeah. the what was the in in seventy in in the seventies? How prevalent in I mean I know Toronto had a good comedy scene but how prevalent was sketch and improv in those days and was it was it really something that people thought like oh this is a career I can go do or was it really kind of groundbreaking at that time Uh well Second City Theater had been around already for 25 years probably Oh was it in that Chicago? Oh, oh I thought it was Oh right but in Toronto when I don't know when it opened in Toronto though that concept had been you know right. it had existed not you know I'd seen that kind of thing on TV there'd been the committee and Ace Trucking Company and there was a great show in Canada, a CBC show that was, you know, great, funny, um, people doing sketch comedy late yeah. at night. Um, I was lucky enough. My brother started dating Gilda Radner, God bless her. And then <laughs> and then she got into Second City. So, you know, I wouldn't have known it existed if I didn't sort of follow her, you know, hang under her coattails. Oh yeah, so uh, – but once you're doing it, it feels like that is your world. So I don't think when we – and I think the only reason we really started doing SCTV, the TV show of Second City Theater, was because, well, they tried it in Chicago a couple of times, I think, with Bill Murray, I think they did, what's it called, Tunnel Vision? I think it turned into a movie, but it started as an idea television show. And it was kind of the same idea, parodying what was on television, but it didn't go anywhere. At that time, it was just the wrong We're time. What happened to that guy? Yeah, whatever happened. Poor boy. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Nobody likes him now. <laughs> what a slog up a hill. What a... <laughs> Sisyphus pushing that boulder up. I'm sure hope he's okay. I know. Bill, wherever God you are, awesome. appearing it up. Just I'm, keep working at it, Just Bill. keep... You're so brave. Someone's going to see you. There's someone... And like what you're doing. Someone. Somewhere. 
I don't know, though, but good luck to him, <laughs> wherever he is. God bless him. <laughs> And so he was doing that. Well, show they were, the yeah, there TV. were people who were in that cast at that time at Second City Chicago. You know, so, anyway, sorry, it wasn't a totally brand new concept of doing a television show, obviously. And then Saturday Night Live, I think our producer wanted to give it a shot because Saturday Night Live started up and was doing really well. I was like, wait a minute, why aren't we doing this? We yeah. have this bank of people that have been doing improvisation and writing their own material for years. Why don't we? Why don't I grab them now before someone else grabs them? Because a lot of the people on Saturday Night Live were from Second City. Right. You know? um, anyway, so, yeah. So it was, didn't seem, I guess to us, it didn't seem like we were doing anything groundbreaking. But but I like that you say it was. Well, I mean, it, <laughs> at least it it certainly seems so from my point of view. It was such a fertile time for comedy. It just seemed like so many, you know, the, the idea of... Um, that I mean, not, not to say like comedy was never around before then, but that <laughs> yeah. style of comedy, you know, I feel like was very different and raw. And you know, whereas SNL was just a bunch of random sketches, you know, SCTV had a real like a mold, like a real shell to it. It's like this is this TV station, and here's a guy that runs it, and we all play characters in this world yeah and it yeah. allowed you guys to spin off and do a lot of different stuff right you know? and then when we got into the 90 minute shows later with nbc then we had to fill it out even more so then we got into you know what we call them wraparounds you know we just have some story that involved backstage characters or whatever then we just you have to break the rules <laughs> how many parodies i mean and everything on tv now except your shows of course have become parodies of themselves <laughs> it's like what are you parody it's already a parody everything is yeah, well, all wow. of it is well because there's just so much entertainment now yes it's like we're almost it's it's good and it's bad it's great because oh, there's a lot of great entertainment and it's bad yeah. it's like there's so much i know there is wow it's just a yeah, talk about a fertile fertile ground for comedy it's everywhere now oh yeah absolutely. and everyone can create from their homes and get it out there with the internet and you can be seen. Imagine in the old days, you'd just dream like, someday, someday. <laughs> I'm sure if someone picks me to be I'll on the television. So, yeah. <laughs> How do I meet that person who meets that person who gets, yeah. But what, you know, um, one of the things that I have always loved about the what you do is that you... You are so you you whatever the character is or whatever you, it is or even Kate McAllister who's just a mom like she wasn't like a <laughs> she wasn't like a like a Adelia Dietz you know she was a mom yeah. but she was so like the choices it feels like you make very definitive choices this is who this character is and you seem fully committed to it and, <laughs> you do that is the job yeah. yeah i know but that you know not everyone does that no. so was that a I, I, is is that is that that's i imagine second city tools coming yeah. into play and honestly my family my mom was really good at that telling stories of what happened in the day you know to her and she later she sold real estate and she would imitate the people who she you know spoke to all day and she was really good at it and, uh, you know, I come from a family of seven kids, and, and the way to get attention at the table was to, you know, come up with some, something funny. Um, so, you know, my mom and dad, and my dad would tell jokes. He was more, you know, punchline, uh, jokes and punchlines. But, um, but, yeah, I was definitely encouraged at home. Yeah, and then I was lucky enough to get into Second City. Yeah, and once you, if you do that kind of work, you know, in your early 20s, and I got in when I was 19 or 20 into Second City Theater, I was really lucky. Um, it's very encouraging. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you get to, you know, you develop, you go in on somebody else's show, you know, you take someone's part, but then that first night you do improvs after the show and you start right then developing your material for that next show. So you're encouraged to 
express whatever you think is funny or whatever you think is important. And that's an amazing thing to be able to, you know, have the opportunity to do at that age because it's such a great cocky age. Yeah. You really do think that you could run the world better than whoever's running it at the moment. <laughs> Might be true. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, God bless us. Um, <laughs> uh, but at that age, you really, you know, you're, you have great blind confidence. I mean, if you're lucky. And what was the – so at that time, you know, especially with an ensemble cast, did you find that – how many how many female members of the troupe were there when you signed on? It was never more than two. Never more than two. Unless they went up to – I think maybe for a short period they went up to a nine. Not in any cast I was in, I don't think, but maybe went up to a nine. And then it would be six guys and three girls. But it was generally – Four or five guys and two girls. Did you ever feel like you had to fight to get yeah. good characters in? Otherwise, like, you be the wife. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah. come on, guys. It would be then, uh, uh, you know, in, in, on stage it would be then Robin and Catherine come in as one person. Basically. And then Andrea and Catherine come in on SCTV. And then Andrea come in. Andrea and Catherine come in. It was like, we were talking about this last week because I was actually, I actually got together with the old SCTV castmates. And we were laughing about we come in as one brain. <laughs> but the stronger we got in our writing, you know, when we went in, we went in on kind of weak footing. You know, the guys were kind of running it. And I don't think at the beginning we were paid as writers, even though we were writing. We'd all right. written at Second City Theater, but somehow the TV show is not equal in that way. Just the times, you know, and it's all changed, thank God. Yeah. You know, there's people like Tina Fey, who's so smart and running the show, and I love her. Um, uh, you know, but at the time we were kind of, we we're just, we weren't fighters, I guess, you know. But it, you know, we grew. As time went on, we got confident and we thought, wait a minute, this isn't how it should work. I feel like I wrote this thing <laughs> that didn't I, exist before I put the words down. I think I have ideas. It <laughs> <laughs> may be girly, but that's okay. So how is that not discouraging and how is that, how do you, in that in that instance, how are you you know, pushing forward and being like, well, this doesn't seem fair, but I, you know. I think I'm, I, it took me a while to think it wasn't fair even, you know, just, I was so excited to have the job to actually get paid for what I thought felt like goofing off. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was kind of lame that way. Yeah. <laughs> lame brain. So it took a while. It's only like, now I'm going, wait a second. <laughs> Do you, is there a lot of improv going on on the show or is it, is it pretty well? Was on it, SCTV? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But we, we wrote the scripts, but then because we wrote them, we were kind of producing ourselves, and uh, we had a great collaborative director for most of the shows. John Blanchard ended up being our director for all the last years. And Oh, he went he on, he did so, Kids in the Hall, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, Mad TV, mm-hmm. he did for a while, yeah. Yep. He was great. Um, he was collaborative. But we basically ran the show, and so if something wasn't working on the set, yeah, we had the freedom to change it, fix it, do whatever, you know, try to come up with something else. We... You know, we'd help each other in performance, you know, if we were losing it. Joe Flaherty was very good at, you know, try putting your tongue at the top of your mouth. It would help you get, when you're imitating somebody. I remember that was, I don't even remember who I was trying to do, but I wasn't quite getting her. And he said, try, just put, you know, notes like that. It's like, oh, thank you. You know, so we all, it was very collaborative with all of us, really, out to kind of help each other and help each other do our best. When it got a nice 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 atmosphere. When you felt like it was getting out of you know it started out okay hey we're just in you know in rural Canada just making this thing <laughs> for ourselves and all of a sudden people are noticing and then you're doing stuff for NBC. Does that put an entirely different spin are you, are you guys like oh shit 
Uh, I go, okay, we now we, I guess we got to pay attention more, or I don't know, does it put more pressure, or do you sort of feel like you've been boot camped? No, the big difference, I think, when it became NBC was they kept sending producers from New York to try to oversee us and keep us in line, and then they started talking about TVQ. Oh, we boy. never, you know, who yeah, who's yeah. the strongest personality in the show? So, oh, boy. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, what a great thing to do to an ensemble cast! Yeah, like yeah. Oh, let's just start dividing people. Which now. one of you is going to break out? Oh, yeah. Jesus! Yeah. Uh, there was that kind of, I guess, professional TV talk that we hadn't been uh, subjected to before that. You know? Did you did you kind of look at everyone as? Were you able to identify like, okay, you know, Joe Flaherty's superpower is this, and I do this, and Andrea does this, and John and Martin does this? Like, were you able to sort of figure out like who's, you know, like who had whatever their comedy weapons were the best? I guess certain people you would go to maybe without even thinking about it. If I was having trouble with something, writing something, I'd go to, you know, maybe Eugene for story or something. He was a very good. Eugene was consistently good writer and wrote a lot of great group pieces. Yeah, you know, some people really took care of themselves and wrote great solo pieces. Eugene always wrote great group pieces and took care of everyone. And I tried to do that, <clears throat> but with less experience. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I would say Eugene was good at that. Uh, Rick was way ahead of everybody. Technolo- His VJ was a VJ before VJs existed. It was Jerry Todd. <laughs> Seriously. There, they didn't, there was no MTV when he did that. <laughs> he was way ahead. Uh yeah, Joe was very good at. Well, he'd been a director at Second City Theater. He was very good at uh, you know helping each other, helping everyone else the performances, and yeah, everyone had their strengths. Uh, Marty, uh, his material would never make sense in the room at the read through, but everybody go, yeah, we know it's gonna be funny. Go ahead, because he'll just perform the shit yeah. out of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I don't know. It's like you would just see it when he does it. You'd really see it, and we knew that we trusted. You know that uh, that's what was going to happen. I mean, it's funny to me that that people from New York were coming because Canadian comedy is di- it's not the same. It's not American <laughs> comedy. So, like, to have an American come in and go, well, here's what you should do, and here's who this is. I mean, I don't know how you pitch. I still remember uh, Circus Lupus, the Circus of Wolves. Like, how do you pitch that? There was like, it was just like a commercial. Sounds like a Dave Thomas idea. It, but, and I, but I think it was Eugene Eugene's voice she, doing oh, this yeah, voiceover, yeah, yeah. and it was just yeah. these mirrored images of wolves and like a circus ball <laughs> in between them. Yeah, it was just you know we didn't historically we didn't do that kind of like a non sequitur sort of you know in America. I guess I don't know the comedy was just a little bit different. Well, so, did you watch Monty Python? Of course. I think we were really influenced by that. Yeah, I think yes. Canadians are probably more influenced by, by British, British comedy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. And they led the roof, you know, they led the charge on all of that. Led the charge. What am I talking about? <laughs> no, led they the did. Way. They led the way. But yeah. you, you, um, didn't you get hired on SNL briefly and then go back to SCTV or no? Yeah. What I'm happened? I'm proud of that. That's sad. Why? I don't know because SCTV kind of closed down for a while. And then uh, I got asked to be in the cast, and I went there, and it was before any show was shot, you know, before before we were on the air. And it was just kind of in those weeks of writing, and, and then Andrew Alexander, the producer of SCTV, called and said, oh, I got another deal with, I guess I got another deal with NBC, I got another deal. I was like, oh, okay, let me talk to these people. Sorry, I made a mistake. I gotta go back. I gotta go back to my friends. Nice studio, though. Yeah, nice. Thanks, nice. anyway. That was terrible. <laughs> That's not very professional of me, so no, but I'm it, not but proud of that. I, actually, I think it's kind of nice that you did. You, you have the choice to like you decided you would, you would you just wanted to be back with your friends and back yeah. with that. Yeah, I mean, he called me and 
and said we're getting back together. <laughs> Where are you? I'm nowhere. <laughs> yeah, in New York. What are you doing there? Oh, nothing. Yeah, so I left. But you still had friends because Gilda was on the show at that point. No, or no, no, she no, wasn't no. on yet. No, it was Eddie Murphy. Was oh, oh, this was in. 80s. This was like 82, yeah, yeah, 83. Yeah, it was later. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, that was right after. Yeah, Eddie Murphy. Yeah, when um, Lorne Michaels left and then Dick Ebersol came in and then they there was this like, there was like this new SNL cast. Yeah. And people were a little like, what? what's this? You know, because Bill Murray was gone. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, yeah, it was Dick Ebersol years. Yes. Right, right, right. Yeah, and then, but Eddie Murphy was like the beginning of the Eddie Murphy, yes. Joe Piscopo era. Yes. So that's yes. when you, okay. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he wasn't even in, did he, was he already in or going in? Uh, I don't know. I know that next cast was Robin Duke and Julie Louise Dreyfus yes. and Mary Gross and... Joe Piscopo and Eddie Murphy. Right. And Robin Harry, Robin did Harry. she did SCTV as well, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, in Second City Theater. And we met in grade 9, high school. What? We were friends since then, yeah. So basically yeah. it's all these all these comedy people were sort of rubbing up against each other in some yeah. in some way. Yeah. I mean, did you uh, did you work a lot with Gilda in the third? Was was you separate? Were you a separate company from her? No, I I replaced her. <laughs> well, attempted. I attempted to replace her. Yeah, she went on to do. I I uh, Joe Flaherty was directing that cast. Uh, Rosemary Radcliffe was the other girl, Toronto actress, and Gilda. They were the two women. Yeah, the three or four guys in the cast. Yeah, and uh, Gilda got hired for National Lampoon, but Chicago and Toronto Second City cast did a trade, so the Chicago cast played the Toronto stage and. Toronto cast went, and I went with them. We all went to, and, and Danny was in the cast, Dan Aykroyd, and mm-hmm. Eugene, and John Candy, God bless him, and uh, Joe, and then uh, Rosemary and Gilda. And I went with them as their understudy, and Gilda did the first two weeks in Chicago, and then she went to National Lampoon, and then shortly after that got hired for Saturday Night Live. Um, so I got to go into the cast right then, yeah. And that was out of high school. Oh, my God. <laughs> I hate to I didn't go to college, but I... Was very lucky, and those are the good old Fuck days. college, you, this is great. Yeah, really, those are the days where you come in off the street. If you did a good audition, you could get in the cast. Now you have to go through the years of classes. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of a yeah. there's a little yeah. bit of an infrastructure to yeah. it. Yeah. Well, there's but, no room in level three, <laughs> but if you take level two again, yeah, they. I think they got that idea from Groundlings. Yeah, they've I been think, doing that for years. Yeah. yeah. But so I did get to do improvs with Gilda. Yes. So, yeah, and so lovely. And I got to hang out with her at our house because my brother Marcus was dating her for a couple of years, and she would come to Sunday dinner. And Oh, my God. They were working in this small theater, Global Village, in Toronto together. I think that's where they met. And then she did Godspell. Mm-hmm. And that's a real big Second City Godspell, you know, Saturday Night Live, New York connection because it was Paul Schaefer and Eugene and uh, Dave and – Marty at all, like, met years ago at college and or university, and then they did uh, Godspell, yeah. Gildan, Victor, Re- uh, Victor Garber, and all. They're just, they're all still really tight friends. Andrea. Oh, wow. Yeah. Dave Thomas. Did I say him? Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, I just kind of, I was there on the periphery. You think so? Well, kind of, until... I guess till later, yeah. When did you start? No, to- now I'm one of the big guns. <laughs> no, I'm a big gun now. <laughs> no, no, I was really. I was in high school. I went to see uh, Godspell, and I, you know, because of my brother's connection, we got to hang out with the cast afterwards. And Robin Duke and I did, and we were just like sitting there staring. They're like, oh, to be them one day. Was it just was it comedy in particular? Or you wanted to perform? Like was it was it specifically I think it was comedy? comedy? Yeah. What yeah. were you influenced? Like when you were growing up, what did you what did you like? Oh, Carol Burnett and mm-hmm. uh, Lucy Lucille Ball. Uh, who else? Uh, 
Lily Tomlin, of course. Yeah. And yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Laughing. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Did you meet? And I, well, I'm sure, I'm, I assume you know Lily Tomlin, but did you ever meet Lucille Ball? Did you ever meet any? Lucille Ball, I met once. I did. Uh, it was terrible. It was during a writer strike, and I got called by this producer that we'd worked with briefly, the SCTV cast, and he said he was doing a Steve Allen show, and would I come as a writer? And I did. It was like during a strike. Right. <laughs> You're not supposed to do that. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I wasn't in the guild then. And uh, yeah, I went and worked on a Steve Allen show, and. Then I ended up performing a couple of bits with Tom Leopold, one of the, write- oh, wow. the other writers on the cast. He talked us into acting in the show. I don't know. And then um, Lucille Ball was one of the guests. And and someone told me afterwards that when I was on stage, she was on the side of the stage. She was, she's good. Oh. <laughs> I like her. So, so, so I love her. No, I'm sorry, I what was that, Lucille? I got it. I got it. I got I know how to play at the club. I know how to play at the club. Oh, nice. Well, the, we always we kind of make those jokes in here because yeah. our, our At Midnight stage is the original I Love Lucy stage. Oh, it is? Yeah. Aww. And so, you know, we're we're basically uh, on a night show, we'll just make like 50 dick jokes and be like, honoring the tradition <laughs> yes. that Lucille Ball put forth yeah. in comedy. She was a genius. That's she it. Was well, she was yeah, a genius. Really? I mean, it, you know, it, there's. It, it's so funny that you when you're when you're performing with your friends and you always think like, yeah, we're really doing it. We're really making something different. You look back and you're like, ah, fuck, man, it was like a whole other. Yeah, I guess they already. It's always been around. They, they, they did stuff. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't funny. invent this shit. Yeah, I guess no, and everyone's funny with their friends. I think. But when did you start to really lock into it and feel like comfortable on stage? You know that they could just throw you into a scene and and then you could just go. Like, how long did that take? Well, I was just going on blind cockiness, I think, at the beginning, so <laughs> I didn't think about it. Yeah, you just do it. When you're improvising every night like that, it just kind of – it's – well, it's great to be with other really talented people. You know, you just kind of carry carry you. You get carried for a while, and then you pitch in. Yeah, but everyone – I don't know. It just – it's fun. It's so much fun, and really, it's all supported by – you know, if I was working with a bunch of weak people, I wouldn't be very good. I don't think at all. But I've been very lucky working with good, smart, talented people, and I try to seek seek that out. But also, the it, you know, that just sort of lives and die by your collaboration, you know, your ability to work as a team. Yeah. Was that a skill set that you had to learn wor- working within that group? No. I don't know. Maybe it helps that I come from a big family. Yeah. Or maybe I could have come from a big family and wanted to be alone. I don't know. But I would rather be with – I like being part of a fun gang. Yeah. A fun, funny gang. Yeah. yeah. No, when I see one-man shows or one-woman shows, I think they are the loneliest people. <laughs> it make, I swear, they almost always make me cry. <laughs> like, like, don't they have any friends they, they can work with? couldn't find anyone to play all these characters? Yeah. You had to be all these characters? Why would you want to do that? Well, I think for some people it's more the uh, – I I play all the characters in my show. Like, well, okay, I yeah. guess. You or know. you could work with friends. Friends. What's that word? I don't know that. Share yeah. the limelight. Oh, oh, my stomach. hurts Martin, my stomach. Martin yeah. Short tours with, the, he also tours with Steve Bart, but he tours with a solo show too. But he always gathers people to be on stage <laughs> with him. He's, he doesn't want to be alone. It'll be called the Martin Short Show, but he'll be surrounded by Lots yeah, of funny people. God, there's a that that guy in particular too. In just, you know, it's sometimes you can really see when you're watching comedy, and you know, you get a little analytical, and you go, "Okay, I see where that came from, and I see where that joke came from." And 
you know, there's people like you and people like Martin Short where I go, where did that come from? And oh, I yeah. and I can't track it. You know, <laughs> like it's like that's just some just isolated part of your brain, and it you know even more so Marty I'd say than me. Yeah, no, he's really out there. He's just such a man in a child's body. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, still he's you know. I was, I was watching his uh, the variety show that he had on NBC last year, and he's just like yeah. bounces around stage still, and it's I know. like he does that in life. Yeah, to make a point, he'll be standing on the table. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to you if you sit, you know. We will, I swear. But isn't it remarkable that everyone went on to do stuff? Like everyone from that core group went on to like everyone popped. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't just like oh this person, and then but kind of left ever like everyone really blossomed and flourished i mean pretty lucky yeah what do you but obviously it wasn't just luck like what was what do you think the the like the component was that really drove that (laughs) i wish i knew sorry (laughs) maybe you have the answer i don't know i mean it's not an accident you know like maybe one person can get it but everyone all kind of going off well you know i say i didn't go to university but i did go to great college of comedy. Yeah. You know, there's a, so much to learn. So if you're with really good people like that, you're just learning and getting better and forcing each other to get better. When you think back, when you think back to that, it, is there anything in particular that kind of stands out? Like, how do you think of it? Like when you, how do you picture it when you think of it? Oh dear. What are some of your like fond memories or snapshots of, of that time? Um, I think of, uh, well, I would say it's a lot of laughs, definitely a lot of laughs, but it was so intense in a great way. It's like that was my life. In fact, when I quit SCTV, I quit so that I could get a life. <laughs> everyone else was, you know, a lot of them were married and having kids by then. Andrea was on her second child and everybody else had at least two kids. And I was like, what am I doing? And when I quit, I wept about it. My dad was so disappointed. My mom and dad were so disappointed. And my dad especially because he loved going to work and recapping the scenes from the show with his friends at work. And I felt like I was so disappointing them. But it was so great and intense. Like there was nothing more important other than coming up with funny bits. <laughs> like, what a great way to spend every hour of the day. You know, and we'd, we'd, you know, we'd go back to one of our places after a show uh, at the theater or working on the TV show and you know, or we'd go out to dinner and then we'd go back to one of our places and just keep drinking and just making each other laugh, kind of maybe coming up with bits that would never get used. But it's just such a, you know, it's like anybody when they're really comfortable with their friends. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just lovely kinship and, <laughs> you know, just, and, and, but doing it with really talented people. I don't know. Well, I wonder if that's just fun. also it was the, fun and intense. I wonder if that's also part of the Canadian element of it too, because it feels like when you talk about when I hear stories about SNL, it just feels like ah, it's a it's a Shark Tank, and you're just trying to get your bits on, and Lauren might cut them, and you don't know, and then there are it's you got to find the right writer to work with, and you got to get on it, and it just doesn't it doesn't feel as it doesn't sound as collaborative. I mean, I've yeah, never worked there, so yeah. I, I don't know. But what you're describing is just like, hey, we're all friends and we're, you know, this, we kind of all came up together and we all work together yeah. and it does, it just feels like a completely separate experience. It does, yeah. Well, I'm romanticizing it too. It was hell. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, no, of course we had fights and we had problems and all that, you know, we were growing individuals who were trying to maintain an ensemble. And as you get older, that becomes more difficult, I think, as you start honing in on things you'd like to do, you know, and then... Other people are just getting in the way of that. 
<laughs> right. Kind of. An, or you decide, maybe wrongly, but you decide where you'd like to go. And so you're kind of, you know, it's like leaving home. Sure. You've got this tug of, ooh, could I leave? Could I survive on my own? I don't know. We did have problems, definitely. But we didn't have that same pressure of trying to put a live show together. Right. You know, once you, I've hosted twice Saturday Night Live, and once you get on the track, there's no turning back. And the, from the read through to what's picked to go on the show, I couldn't find, follow the logic of it, you know, because I don't run that show and I don't know how it works really. But, you know, you'd hear pieces in the read through, you go, oh, wow, that's great. Yeah, let's work on that. And then you'd get the list and that wouldn't, those pieces would not be in there. Other pieces wouldn't, they would eventually get to be, you know, something other than what they were at read through. But there's a lot of politics, good and bad, I guess, that are involved in that. We didn't have that same, because we would kind of log a bunch of material and then put it into a show. Sure. It wasn't that we didn't have that same kind of pressure. Do you we just weren't as big or famous, you know? Well, also you also had the ability to edit it and hone it, and, yeah. and really, you know. But I guess were you guys doing any of the stuff live? Were you testing anything live and then shooting it? No, 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 no. <laughs> well, and when we edited or put music in or anything, we had a hand in that. That's you know, it's such great training, and it's. Spoiled us in a lot of ways for any work after that. Oh, sure. Yeah, because you, you know, I've done, I remember doing a pilot. It just shocked me doing a, a comedy half hour pilot and standing there, and the director and the writers and showrunners are, are talking about what to, you know, how to fix a moment. And I'm, a couple of times I got in trouble because I say, well, what if we, and they looked at me like, why are you speaking right now? I was like, <laughs> oh, shit. I'm okay. <laughs> Luckily, I was just a guest on the pilot. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I was right. I was like, okay, thanks. No, thank you. And that scared me off of doing any kind of half hour thing. And so Eugene called. <laughs> but, but yeah, I'm, you got to be careful who you're working with because that that the way that works is just so different from the way I was trained. It's a machine like that that sitcom, and it's even and it's changing so much now because. You know, and because I know obviously Schitt's Creek is a single camera, yeah. which is not, is di- you know, it's different than going and it's, you know, it's like, oh, okay, we're f- four cameras, there's the yeah. audience, the warm up guy, the, you know, yeah. I mean, you guys, I guess you have the ability to really play with stuff, you know, do, and get, yes. it the way, get it the way you like it. Yeah, fortunately, we're starting with good scripts, but yeah, if something's not quite making it or if something, you're inspired to come up with something else, we're, you know, I feel free to do that, yeah. which is great. Yeah. I mean, when when you're when you're working with Eugene, does it feel like it always felt, or does it feel different each time, or how's the? Oh, there's definitely a lovely familiarity, yeah, from those years, and we do help each other. We'll laugh at each other for flailing or not <laughs> <laughs> doing well. See, you know, after seeing you go, uh, Catherine, remind me of who my character is. Oh yeah, thanks, Eugene. Yeah, I kind of lost it, didn't I? You know. <laughs> But you can't give it too much shit because you can always go, hey, she's pretty good out there. <laughs> Lucille Ball said I was really funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She liked she me. Like me. <laughs> uh, blood, I need blood. Poor poor Lucille Ball. You're making fun of her in her own studio. We're not. We're not. You We're are. Not. No. I'm not. You made me. Oh, I've got I nothing to do with it. I was ready to respect this. Oh, and no. You, you like, well, all I did was say her do name. Do the voice. You, you did the voice first. Her. You did the voice first. You went first. to the juggler. No, but you did the... Bah, 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 bah. And then <laughs> well, so I was like, sincerely trying to imitate her. I was yes anding you. I, I, was, I had to. I was honoring her by trying to. Do it. I, I just was didn't do it. Honoring right. her as a bloodthirsty <laughs> undead creature. <laughs> What's the problem? There was a, a biography of her. I think it was written by her daughter. Yep. And at the beginning of the book, she tells. Oh, I've done this so many times. It's the best. 
it's a trick. It's a thing a bit Lucille Ball used to do at a dinner party. Say someone goes to the bathroom and someone comes back in the room and she turns to somebody else in the room, referring to the person who's just come back in the room and said, well, here he is now. Why don't you say it to his face? <laughs> and the person who comes into the room will look at that person and go, what? And that person says, what? And they go, what? What? No, what? What? That's fantastic. Oh, uh, it's the best. You know, to be super famous in those days where there was just no accountability for anything and you could just fuck with people and not like, what a great, what yeah. a weird, fun time. You can do that now, okay? I guess just you can. don't put it online. Don't put it online. No. Don't, do you go online much? No, I don't. No. Oh, I do, yeah. You unfortunately. Do. But you don't go on, <laughs> but are you social media much? No. Sorry, no. Yeah, I don't blame you. Get, so don't need any disciples. Yeah. <laughs> followers. Why is it called followers? That's, I don't know. What are we saying? I, I know. Oh, I know. come on. I think disciples is funnier, by the way. I think it should be well, disciples. Well, because it is followers. Disciple apostles. Why Why would you want followers? Well. What? No, I'm lucky. I've had enough attention in my life. Not enough yet. No, 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 no. But I no, have no, no. had lots. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not saying I'm finished with it, but, <laughs> but I, yeah, I don't need that. I don't know. I think it's sad. Sorry. I know I'm going to sound like an old woman, but I don't know. The phones have made young people, have given them an extremely false sense of self-importance. Sure. That's not going to serve them. No. No. The world does not really actually work that way. (laughs) Look what I'm doing. Look what I'm eating. Uh, Look where I went. Thousands of friends. (laughs) You ever meet any of those in person? No. No. But they they like follow me. me. No. I put up pictures of my. I put tunnel polish on, and they watch me. I look at my feet. Yeah, I don't know. It's a strange time. It's a really strange time. It's and good too. It's it, good for me, shopping. It's good for research. It's good for settling an argument. Doesn't <laughs> it? Well, let me look that up. It's good for starting an argument. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> if you want yeah. to start an argument with someone you don't That's know for no reason. What do you get sucked? Do you get sucked into anything online? Yeah, I mean, you know, I sort of have that. It's kind of obsessive brain that they come many people tend to have. And so, you know, it's yeah. uh, I can read like nine good things and then one person just says something kind of sideways. I'm like, what is that? Per- oh, about what, your material, your work? Oh, yeah. Or, 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 yeah, or, don't, or, yeah, don't go there. Or even, or, <gasps> it, but it, it, it is different than even just my, if they say something about anything, yeah. I'm like, but yeah, I mean, believe me, I am focusing myself a lot. But I mean, uh, <laughs> I don't want to pretend like that's no, not. I've looked at myself. Don't worry. Yes. Oh, you don't want to read comments. No, 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 no. But but it is, you know, I started implementing this thing where I don't go on social media when I go home because, you know, my wife, like, it's whatever's happening is not her fault. And I just don't want to be all grumpy. And she's like, what's yeah. wrong? Nothing. You know, there's nothing. Doesn't generally make you happier. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> no. Are you on everything? You have to be with all your yeah, projects. I, I you am. I am. But but yeah. it, but I'm trying to find that balance between because you know, I really do like it. I, I love it in theory. But it's just sometimes I it gets so granular that I go, well, I think this is toxic. This might be too much of this is a little toxic. There's a lot of angry people out there. Yeah. God bless them. How f- they're so frustrated and, and angry. And then there wow. is sort of this conservation of emotional energy where it's like that's transferred to you and then you transfer it to someone and then that gets transferred and it just, yeah, you know. And it the doesn't one, foster conversations. No. Well, the one thing it teaches you, I think, especially in the world of comments, is that you can't take any of the good seriously either. No. Don't take because there's always the bad to go with it. If sure. 
give that any weight, you're going to have to give that side Absolutely. weight too. So forget it. Yeah. So just yeah. So you you. I've always been kind of a follower as far as work goes. I follow. You know, if somebody offers me something, I think about it. I take it or don't. But you really create your own projects, don't you? Who me? Yeah. yeah wow. Well, that was That's just great. from being. Uh, How do you have that motivation to do that? Well, it was just it was just being mercilessly rejected for so many years, <laughs> where I was just like, "Well, fuck you guys. I'll just make my own stuff." You know. But you actually do it. A lot of people feel that way, but they don't come up with any material. They don't come up with the projects. Yeah, wow. I don't know. I just I just don't like. I, I I like feeling like I'm at least somewhat in control. It's why I love stand up because ultimately, yeah. and I, I love sketch and improv, but you still have to rely on other people to yeah. be there. Yeah, you do, and to be as checked in as you are. Yeah, and it's like a band. It's like keeping a band. How do people keep a band together? <laughs> you know. But I just like not having to rely on anyone. So I just you know, the internet was very helpful. Wow. If I didn't have the internet, I don't. I think I would still just be making stuff alone, and I'd be driving it around and be like, "Do you want to see this <laughs> videotape I made?" You know, I feel like it'd be like that. Well, it is great for getting your ideas out there. Oh yeah. my lord, good yeah. and good and bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But and for getting the world to see what you're doing, and yeah, yeah. definitely. Do you like the? How, what is the difference to, when you when you take a job that you you know like okay I'm going to do this job? Do you prefer? Something with a really strong character hook, or do you like to bring a strong character hook to it, or do you like doing stuff where you're just a uh, you know just a person you know without a really strong like the Delia Dietz's versus yeah. the, the Kate McAllisters <laughs> like what are the you know yeah 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 um, yeah it's uh, I think most humans are kind of inherently funny they may not know it right but they are and and it's nice to have that to grab onto some kind of humor within the character even if it's dramatic you know, story that they're involved in. Um, but I guess I'm drawn to good writing and storytelling and, or just sometimes just stupid funny. Sure. Whatever. Um, not to be lofty because it is always great storytelling. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun to develop a character to be inspired by something on the page. I think, oh, I know who this could be, you know, and then start working on that and, you know, and I often think of people I know and then exaggerate or think of myself on a good day or a bad day, mostly <laughs> a bad day. You know, the worst I've felt or the most self-conscious I've felt. It's sure. fun to draw on that and bring it to life. Kind of, yeah, it's fun. It was, um, you know, doing the Chris Guest movies that I was involved in. I did four of them. I've seen um, them. That's fun where, what's that? I've seen oh, them. Oh, you've seen them, good. Um, you know, that starts with just basically scene outlines and no dialogue and, and uh you know, there's a lot in the outline to inspire your character, and they'll have a run like in um, Best in Show. They had the running gag of my character uh, running into guys who had the best sex of their lives, <laughs> which I wish I could have background for every character I play, but just that one. Um, so they're great running gags that are inspiring, but otherwise, it's all up to you to create a character, and that's scary and really exciting. And then you just go in and again work with really good people, so you're all improvising for the sake of the scene and you know what the sake of the scene is you know what the scene's about because you have right. the scene outline and chris will keep you in line chris guest keep you in line on that too um but yeah it's really i think just people are really human beings are interesting and it's fun to try to present a real person that isn't that i think isn't me well that's you know what's with the chris guest movies though you know because sometimes you might just be the only, like, really out there fringe character, you know, with a huge personality in a scene. But with that, everyone is a really strong character. So yeah. how does how do how does everyone not kind of like bump into each other and and knock each other down? Because uh, they're all good at it. Yeah. 
I don't know. They just are. And also, we shoot on those movies. They shoot like 90 minutes. 90 hours. Oh I cut God. it down to 90 minutes. Oh, my God. <laughs> so there's a lot of material that you'll never see. Yeah. It's just improvising for days. Yeah. And do those, mov- do, do, do those movies feel as fun? Because I think part of what's appealing about them is it just you as an audience member go, all these people know each other. Yeah. They love working together. It seems like it's fun. It seems like it's fun. Yeah, to, it to is. Do. Oh, it's really fun to watch scenes you're not in. Yeah, yeah. And often in those, you know, like say, like, I keep saying, best in show. You know, or waiting for Guffman, Guffman, where it becomes where you're all together in the room. Actually, we weren't waiting for Guffman more often than not. We kind of moved around in a group. You know, the, yeah. the group of players in uh, within uh, waiting for Guffman. And, you know, then, then they'll say, oh, okay, there's a scene happening between you two, but you're in the room, you're on, on the set, and just watching people either flail, that's actually more fun, um, <laughs> or just blow you away with, you know, we accuse each other, come on, you wrote notes, you made, you thought of that ahead of time, no, oh, how'd I know what he was going to say, no, I did. you know, just to watch all that come out of people's brains is pretty great, you know, most of the people I think who do really well at that are actually writers, too, right, because, in you, in in your mind, you always have a sense of where the scene is going to and where it's supposed to go. So it isn't just about my character and I'm going to say this and get this joke out. You know, you know what it's in what context it's supposed to be, right? Exist and and it's all give and take. And again, I think good people like that rely on each other because you feed each other so much. I think your characters become your characters the more you work with the other characters, right? You know? I think of that especially, I think, with Best in Show, where Eugene and I saw each other, Jerry and Cookie Fleck, we were. <laughs> um, we saw each other basically in hair and makeup on the first day of shooting. And we looked at each other like, so that's who you are. <laughs> okay, let me rework what I had in my head about who we, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so then you just, you go with it. Don't you find there's a difference, though, between... Because sometimes stuff can be really funny in the writer's room. You know, where yeah. it's like you're, everyone's just fucking dying. And like, oh, this is amazing. And then you <laughs> put it on camera, you put it in front of people, and you're like, I don't know. Yeah. What, what happened? You know, I what, don't know. What what, so, yeah, what happened? But you, <laughs> <laughs> What did happen there? I don't know. Do you get a better sense of calibrating that stuff, you know, when you're writing? Go, oh, this might just be funny to us. Or do you just kind of try everything and see what works? Well, you trust each other to say... That might work in something else, but not this. Right, right. <laughs> you know, or, uh, Eugene's great at giving it the time. And I've learned to not just keep badgering him. Because <laughs> <laughs> he takes his time with everything. And, and uh, you know, I'll say, hey, Eugene, what if we do, what if we do this? <clears throat> but he will never, he'll think about it and he'll come back to you with a really good reason why it works mm-hmm. or a really good reason why it's not going to work. So I trust him in that way. Whereas other people will just, their head will be somewhere else and they'll go, no. You go, oh, come on. I knew your head was somewhere else and I'm going to bring it up to you again. I know this idea is going to work. You know? But with Eugene, I trust that he'll go away and think about it. And Daniel, his son, seems to work the same way. Wow. Um, Smart boys. Uh, But yeah, I think you wouldn't want to be surrounded by yes men. Right. But maybe you are because you run your own shows, right? So you just get people around you and say, yes, Chris. Mm, I no, mean, <laughs> no, no. Well, no, but no. You, but that is, a, but that is a, a thing that you worry about. But I also <laughs> – but especially on this show, the, the writing staff is great. Yeah. And so I trust, I trust them. Yeah. And, you know, if I throw something out and they don't 
like I mean I don't I personally don't care where the best joke comes from I just want the best joke to get on somewhere I don't care if I say it or someone good. else says it well I don't know I just don't I just yeah. like comedy so maybe it's just I just want to be near it if possible yeah you know so yeah. it doesn't really deliver matter deliver it yeah deliver it or have someone else like it doesn't yeah. that, that stuff doesn't matter as much to me I just like being yeah. near it oh when people are good they make each other look good yeah I'll just stand next to funny people <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm his friend <laughs> <laughs> but maybe they're standing next to you for the same reason yeah I know those God bless them yeah <laughs> you know it was uh, uh, Fred Armisen had, had a birthday party not that long ago and Mar- Martin Short was there and it was so funny to see like really established comedians be like oh fuck is Martin Short oh that's great <sighs> should I go up to him <laughs> Like, he, seems, he seems like a nice guy. Why, why not? You know? Oh, my God. You know? Really? Like just, oh, oh, that's yeah. lovely. Yeah. And then, to, and then just watching him. Just watching him do the flybys. <laughs> like, just see, you know, see if there's any eye contact. And then just kind of, they just fucking stalk him. Just really? Like, yes. That's great. Yes. That's great. Yes. But oh, people no, do that to you, too. He loves everyone in comedy, too. And Fred Armiston's so good, isn't he? Yes. Wow, he's freaky good. He is another one where yeah. he's just, when he makes a character choice, it's Oh, like, so committed. He's locked in. Documentary now? Have you watched this? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Love the uh, Globesman. Yeah. Hater. Well, Hater, oh, you know, yes. those guys. Oh, yeah, those, love them. Those guys are great. Yeah. Have you done, have you worked with them? No. No. Oh, love time. to. I've just, uh. Goofed off with them at Marty's house. Uh, oh, that sounds great. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Look, just put a, just just put your iPhone. Just hit the video record. Oh, start no. goofing off, and then start putting that out as a show. And don't <laughs> tell anyone. <laughs> we had uh, uh, Marty had a Christmas party in in uh, this year, and everybody gets up to sing. And uh, Fred Armiston just played drums for everybody all night. Oh yeah, never even sang a song. No, he's a great drummer. Then he, at one point, Marty said, so, Fred, uh, uh, you celebrate the holidays and you have traditions that uh, you follow, you and your family? Yes, we have traditions that we follow. It's <laughs> <laughs> like as simple as that. We're all like, oh! <laughs> Inside, he was probably like, I can't believe I'm here. No, it's just, no, I hope not. I can't imagine. No. You don't think so? I don't know. Oh, I guess we all feel that way. And that's I think nice. we all do. Isn't that good? Yeah. It is good. I think because it sort of makes you... It mean, just means you care about what you're doing. Like, if you go somewhere and you're like, eh, then you probably shouldn't be there. You know? Like, you should be around <laughs> yeah. things that excite you or things that people that inspire you. Yeah, it makes you feel young, too, to still want to be like somebody. You, well, yeah. Yeah. Because you sort of feel that fire churning. You're like, oh, I want to play. Now I want to play. Yeah. That's really what it is. You're just, you're playing. Yeah. Um, uh, what was the, when you kind of made the transition to film, was it, was that something that you wanted to do? Just like, I want to go do film now? Or was it just like, I want to do, you know, whatever, whatever's available? Or was it a conscious decision? Like, I, this is, that's no, what I want to go do. Yeah, that was part of, um, I think, leaving SCTV. It was wanting to do something else apart from, you know, I wanted to leave home, kind of. Right. Leave the big support group and see what I could do. First, get a boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully get married someday. <laughs> That worked. Yeah, I guess. God bless us. I keep saying God bless us. Sorry. God bless us, everyone. So my mother's daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, that reminds me. My mom. I never realized what this meant. My sister and I were like, oh, yeah. When we were in our 30s or 40s, we realized what my mom was saying to us every time we went out on a date. I swear, I heard it like, bye, have fun. She said, bye, say three Hail Marys for the grace of purity. (laughs) What? even think about what it meant until my sister Mary Martin and I are talking about it. I swear in our 30s or 40s going, wait, what was that? 
Well, listen, it I think, worked. You know, anytime you're on a date, it's good to just stop the date, say a couple Hail Marys. Yes, throw three. those in For there. The three. Security. Yeah, th- three is a magic number. That's all right. You're Irish Catholic family, right? <laughs> Of course. So sorry, I keep saying God bless, God bless, God no. bless. Yeah. <laughs> the grace of the grace what of purity. What were you talking about? Sorry. No, no, no. I think that's great. But that's that's sort of. But so your mom had a sense of humor about it. Or oh was yeah. She, yeah. Okay. No, yeah. Good. Yeah, she would just slip it in there. <laughs> she was, I wasn't even thinking about it at the time. I swear, I was not consciously aware that that was being said to me. But it was buried somewhere oh, in the back got, of your brain. Yeah, it yeah. worked. It, it worked. worked. Yeah, it's just like a the weird, well. weird mom craft. Just the weird witch witchery. <laughs> I don't know. My, you know, I was an only child and I'm a boy, so I don't. I didn't really have. You know, were you raised in any religion? My mom was Italian Catholic. Oh wow. Yeah. So very. You know, I went to Catholic school. Did yeah. you go to Catholic school? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. did. Not high school though. Oh, you didn't. Not Catholic high school. Yeah. No. You just went to a regular. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What about you? All boys Catholic school. Yeah. All, right through high school. No, not uh, up to high school. It was yeah. both. I went to a small private school, but then high school was all boys Catholic. Yeah, wow. But then I went to UCLA, which was like the complete wow, rude yeah. awakening. Yeah, and a lovely awakening. It was nice awakenings. It was a very it was awakening. <laughs> These feelings. What is this? I don't want to go to class. Why would I go to class? You could see other the opposite sex, the other gender. This is before the internet. So, and were you your mother's child, or were you a oh, wild child? I was such a boring, like, I <laughs> fucking did my homework and Aww. didn't really date a lot. And I was, like, president of the Latin club and was in chess club. Like, I was, I was not, I was wow. a dream child, like, because I, you know, I, I was too responsible. I was the fucking annoying kid in my friend group who was like, guys, you really shouldn't be drinking. You know what I mean? That's, like, I. Okay, that's good for comedy, though, isn't it? it because is- then you have something to work against. I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. Just, yeah. I mean, I completely flipped in my 20s, you know, and then went in the complete opposite direction. But, uh, but you know. Was, you had something to make fun of. I guess and so. you knew where it came from. You I guess speak so. from experience. Were, were, were you, uh, like, wild as a kid? I mean, with no. Se- no. Uh, no, I just told you. Grace of purity, and I didn't even know it was being said to me. <laughs> so, no. And then when you were 19, you got into comedy. Yeah. Was that did everything for the first time? That so <laughs> cool, great. That's really yeah. Did, so was it just sort of a flood of like, oh, I gotta try this. I guess I better try this. I guess I better try this. Kinda, yeah, in a very reserved way, though. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I'm a very moderate person. Well, Boring. that's good. Boring in that way, yeah. But that's great because that's where you know so many people with the comedy brain, you know, that's that is the hurdle. You know, I guess, it's, it's yeah, to get over. To get over if you're some. grounded to begin with, isn't it? I kind guess, of, doesn't it? It doesn't, doesn't, isn't it? Yeah. I think some people are just, you know, some people are lucky that way, and some people just are not lucky with that sort of thing that compels them to do destructive things. And you, you, you were an only child. Yeah. So it doesn't seem like you went into comedy to get attention. No, but I liked attention. I mean, <laughs> you, you went in to keep attention. Well, we moved a lot. Oh. So I was always the new kid. You know, I was the new kid a lot. And, you know, when my parents, when SNL came on, it was, you know, it really was SCTV, SNL. When all that stuff came on and my parents noticed that I really gravitated toward folks like you, <laughs> they fed that. And so I, you know, like, of them. they would buy all the Steve Martin albums and they let me listen to Richard Pryor and all this. Get there was no... You know, and then their friends would come over, and it was the only time I was allowed to swear as if I was doing other people's bits. From that's great. I'm sure my parents' friends were bored as fuck listening to their fucking annoying kid be like, "Excuse me," you know, like, "Do your party piece, Chris? Do you do it? Do you do it? No, Mama. Okay, I'll do it." You know, 
<laughs> hey, everybody. So, uh, you know, that that's was, great. Was good parents. They were good parents. Yeah. Very yeah, supportive. They were, they were very, very supportive. Yours, it sounds like your parents were too. Yeah. They were funny, and my dad loved uh, laughing, so I would entertain him. Yeah. 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 Was we there, all did. Was there a particular direct. So, when you're working with Tim Burton, I imagine that's a completely different experience than any other because. You know, he he essentially in, in, invents this whole aesthetic, this yeah. whole way of filmmaking. So when he's explaining, like, well, this is what I want to do. It's about a ghost <laughs> who haunts ghosts, <laughs> and like, and then there are these worms. Like, how is he explaining any of this? And how do you guys all come together and make that movie so holds up? By the way, Beetlejuice a hundred percent holds up. My husband designed it. Designed really? the sets. That's how I met him. Yeah. <gasps> on the on Beetlejuice? on Beetlejuice. Yeah. He worked with Tim a few times. He did um, Edward Scissorhands and Batman Returns with oh, Tim. Wow. Yeah. He's a great production designer. Now he's doing Lemony Snickets. Uh, and you're doing uh, unfortunate. I did. Yeah. I did uh, the fourth book. Played Doctor Orwell, which in that episode, uh, those two episodes, my husband directed. Oh, that's yeah, fantastic! Fun. But he's designing all the sets for that. But yes, um, I read the script of Beetlejuice and I didn't get it at all. But I was also going through this period where I'd left Sassy TV and I had nothing going, and I'd been lucky enough to earn some money to buy a house in Toronto, and I'm living in a house by myself and just where is my life? <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> really, just a weird, depressed state because I was just aimless. Right, I had nothing going. And uh, and then I got called up or got sent Beetlejuice. Like I don't get it. I kept picturing <laughs> Ned Beatty for some reason playing Beetlejuice, and it just. I'm sure he's hilarious, but I wasn't seeing it as funny. <laughs> I don't know why I had Ned Beatty in my head instead of Michael Keaton. And uh, yeah, and then I came to LA to meet Tim Burton. I and I flew myself out, and then I. Rented a car, and then I was supposed to go to Warner Boulevard, but I went to Warner something that's in Anaheim, and it took oh. me forever to get there. And I didn't have a cell phone at the time. That was pre-cell phones. And I finally got close to Anaheim, and I'm, I'm thinking, what kind of director lives this far from anything sh- that's happening? Besides Disneyland, I guess. What? The, no, I don't even want to be part. And I'd been talked into coming an audition because I didn't get it. I didn't get the idea, and then... And then I left town. No, then I finally I stopped at a phone booth and phoned the agent. And they said, no, Warner Boulevard. It's oh. in Burbank. Oh, my Lord. We'll call him and tell him you're on his way, your way. And then I got there like three hours later, and there was a note on the door. Uh, sorry, I had to go. I have other oh, things to do. No. Tim Burton. It worked in my favor because I was terrible at auditions and meetings, and he ended up offering me the role. <laughs> <laughs> so I should have done that for every audition. <laughs> Pretended I'd gone to Anaheim. Yeah. Why do you think you're bad at auditions? Because it is a terrible process. It's a separate skill set. Oh, yeah, it is. And it, that only hit me like 10 years ago, I thought. Especially a meeting. I would, you know, if I went in, sometimes if I went in for an audition and I had a good clue of what it was about, I would, you know, give them an idea that I could do it. But uh, more often than not, then it get, well, then it gets to the point where they think they're doing you a favor and they say, oh, no, we wouldn't make you audition. We'll just meet. And in a meeting, I'm myself, my goofy-ass self. God bless you. And, and, uh, sorry, sorry. And uh, that would have nothing to do with the character. And I would, in my mind, I would know what they wanted for the character, but I'd go in for a meeting. As myself. It took me till I was like 39. Say, wait a minute, maybe I should, when I go in as myself, be my, this is what actors know, except I didn't know, um, go in as myself, but give them a hint, like just flavor myself somehow with that character. And the first time I tried doing that, I got the part. I was like, oh, I, that's all I had to do? <laughs> the 
this whole time. I blew it for 20 years. Yeah. I'm bad. I was bad at that. Just the idea of having to impress somebody, even just like trying to get into a VIP section in a club. You know, it's just the moment you're trying to get something you don't have, that's an awful feeling. Oh, yeah. It's no good. Oh, I hate that feeling. It, because other people can sense it, too. Yeah. Like, why do you need this? I don't want to give this to you because you need it. Oh, no. I, uh, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> no, just let me in. I'll show you. I don't care. What do you want in here anyway? It's, uh, it's you know, because it's, it's not, it's there. <laughs> it's over there. I want to be there. Uh, Douglas McGrath, you know him? No. Wrote on Saturday, uh, Saturday Night Live for years. He, um, oh, he wrote the... Carol King musical. Oh, gotcha. It's touring all over the gotcha, world. Gotcha, gotcha, right? gotcha. Great, great writer. Wrote with Woody Allen for a while. Broadway, what do you call it? Good. No brain. Broadway? Thank you. Broadway. <laughs> Bullets over Broadway. Bullets yeah. over Broadway. Sheesh. Wrote that movie. Anyway, great, talented guy and a good old friend from uh, Saturday Night Live days. And um, not the two weeks I was there, <laughs> but the years Robin was there. Um, Robin Dick. Anyway, sorry. Oh, he wrote a book, co wrote a book years ago with his friend Patty. Uh, and it, within the book, there was a club in New York, and at the time it was like Studio 54, you, you know, you'd have to line up outside, and all the clubs, you still have to line up outside to get in clubs. Their idea for a club was they let everyone in, but then you're sitting at the bar, and you get a tap on the shoulder, and you're told to leave. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a genius idea. <laughs> let everyone in, and then just remove people. It's the worst thing you see, slowly. having a drink and seeing someone coming towards you. Just to slowly like eliminate they shoot everyone. shoot horses, don't they? Well, yeah, yeah, because then everyone buys a drink. It's like, yes. okay, we got your money. It's kind of genius. Get out. Pay Aww. to get in, get kicked out if you're But don't you cool. mind sometimes, like, if you, if you do get to the other side of that rope and you get over there and you're like... Oh, this sucks. Yeah, why did I care? It's cut off from all the fun of the club. alone? Yeah, I got in the room. Great. Thank you. Okay. Been there. Done that. It's isolating. It's kind of strange. Yeah. They're all very taking themselves really seriously. Yeah. How how do you deal with those situations? What do you do? You leave the room and go back out in the bar. Yeah. Yeah. And people say, I want to get in there. Yeah, it's no fun. Yeah, I was in there. I was in there yeah. first. I didn't yeah, I was in there. I didn't. So I didn't care. You don't want to go. <laughs> <laughs> I only asked like three times to get in. And, and I, I could go back in if I wanted. Yeah, I could totally. I mean, I'm not going to, but I could. No, I'm above that. But that's the... <laughs> 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 this is such a strangest part of, you know, uh, you, know, you know, ego decisions tend to be the worst decisions. Yeah. But 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 they're, But it's so tantalizing in this business. It's so... You get, you know, it's hard sometimes not to. You start doing stuff, and you're like, "Oh wait, yeah. am I doing that thing I wasn't gonna do?" Like, how have you stayed grounded? I don't know. I look at someone like um, Tina Fey, and I think, "Well, why didn't I do that?" Because I didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't have <laughs> the brains, the willpower, the confidence, whatever. It's. I think when you separate yourself enough, you. You're not as jealous. Yeah. We just say, that's a different person. That's a different kind of person. I'm not that person. So why try to put myself in their position? Right. You know, it's way more fun to just uh, enjoy what they do and respect them, you know, and and, uh, maybe uh, be inspired by them. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I would like to probably be in more movies, but then now that I have Schitt's Creek... And it's in the springtime, and it's in Toronto, where I'm from, and it's lovely, and we finish the job at the end of June, and I go to the cottage outside of Toronto that I have, and with my family, and it's, it's like, what? How greedy do you want to be? Right. And I don't really want to work that much outside of that. Maybe a great, you know, short part in a movie, but, you know, sometimes I'll see what other people are doing and think, huh, how come I didn't hear about that? But 
Not too often. Is there something you're yearning to do that you're not getting to do right now? Me? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I feel like I would be a giant dick to go. <laughs> To go, yeah, I don't know. Things that, I mean, you know, there's always things that I would like to do and things that I want to try. And it's yeah, like, that's okay. That's... You know, but I, but I don't, but I, I don't feel like it's just not working out. You know, like I'm, I'm fine. I have five shows right yeah, now. I don't even care. <laughs> uh, whatever. Yeah, but aren't you really working? Like, yeah, I know, but I, but I want to do that. You know, like yeah. I mean, sometimes you know, you sort of feel that it's like, oh, you know, my friends who are more, I'd love to do more stand up. Because yeah. you only get better at stand-up when you do more stand-up. And then I go, okay, I could. But then I'd have to give up all these things that I'm doing. And Yeah, you don't have time for that, do you? I still do. I still tour. Wow. But I you just, do? How yeah. long a tour would you do? Um, well, until I got married at the end of last year, I was probably doing 30 dates a year. Dirty wife. I know. <laughs> I fucking ruined it. Now she's going to want kids. Ah! <laughs> My life is ruined. God, uh... So be alone. Don't leave. So I'm alone. Be funny. I just want to be alone. But you're just you in that room. Not too far. I don't want to be too alone. I want to say I'm married. I just want to. I just want you to hear me when I'm complaining. Is what I want. Is your wife funny? I hope she is funny, oh, but she's not God. a comedy person. Like she's not. She's the first. She's really kind of the first person that I dated in any kind of memory that was not like really pursuing comedy. Yeah. Like she's she's funny but she's when I talk about when I really get into the minutia of comedy and like you know, she's not really a riffer. Right, right, right. But then there was also something really She has a sense of humor. Yes, she has a, yes, she has a great sense of humor and uh, you know, we love to watch a lot of the same stuff. But, you know, if I if I went home and I was like Freeze! <laughs> you know, she's like, she's not gonna. We're not gonna play improv games. You know. Oh, who does? I know, I know. That's scary. But do you need that? You know, like, do you need that kind of? Competitive? It's really interesting that your husband is a is a designer. Like, yeah. it's not. But com- he's funny too. Funny, but yeah, not like that's not his core business. Isn't isn't comedy? No, no. But he is funny. He's very funny, and and uh, when he directs, he's very funny. Um, but he is. Yeah, we laugh a lot. I don't think I'd <clears throat> be able to live with someone without being able to laugh with them. But I used to know a lot of comics that had very serious wives. <laughs> I don't think they lasted. <laughs> it's like, oh, Chris, must everything be a joke with you? Now, thankfully, like, I didn't. Really? I don't know. They were afraid of competition in the home or what? But... Or you just say something and there's that like, okay. Okay, like, I guess someone finds you funny. I guess. I guess that's funny <laughs> to your audience. I'm not your audience. Don't no. test your material out on me. <laughs> I'm thankfully it's not, not one of your followers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have to live with you. This isn't funny. <laughs> but it, when you had kids, was there? Did that sort of feel like that? Did that absorb a lot of um, wh- whatever life? It, yeah, exactly. Yes. Yes. And did it kind of help you? Yes, it should. And you didn't worry as much. Did you stop worrying as much about work and everything else? Did it sort of occupy that? Yeah. Bit of anxiety. Otherwise, why? Right. Why bother. Right. I bother bringing them into the home. <laughs> Bring them into the world. Yeah. Yeah. Mom's got an audition. <laughs> no, it's a, yeah, I've always wanted to be a mother, so uh yeah. So they're lovely. They're lovely and yeah, it's so worth it. It's Good. so worth it. Those days are draining when you know, it's like nothing's happening all day. <laughs> and the days go so slowly. I mean they're beautiful, they're beautiful babies and I love, 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 love them. Uh but those days when they're babies are just they're long, slow days. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're two and three. It's like, where did the time go? Like you look back and the time just flew. But on the individual days, it's just kind of slow and quiet. And, yeah. You know, I'm like, you know, the older they get, the more they relate to you. 
and uh, and you relate to them, and they become little people, and and it's just beautiful to watch and ridiculous responsibility. I mean, now our sons are twenty two and nineteen. It's like a whole other world of of parenting. Right. We're always saying we're in over our heads. <laughs> we have good guys. They're really good young men, but you know they just go through troubles, and they've got crazy friends around them, and. And it's uh, it's a tough world right now, I think, to be growing up in. Sure. One of the things I really noticed about difference in the world of the internet from from when I grew up is I could have a great talk about false sense of importance, but um, <laughs> but a false sense that anything you could come up with, you you could maybe try. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as you know, I knew Gilda Radner, so I was like, she's doing that. Yeah, I could try that. Whereas now you might be aware of forty million people wanting to do the same thing that sure. you want to do. Like, whoa, that's pretty. It is overwhelming, but, but I think that and encouraging maybe at the same time. It is because yeah. I think it drives innovation. Okay, I think it drives innovation. I think it makes you say, you know, before I think the the the, the idea was oh, I have to be interesting enough and have enough to say that a person from a company hires me. Yeah, and now yep. Yep. it's I have to be interesting enough to rise above <laughs> the the noise. Yeah, you know. But I think that's just about finding your own voice. You have to find whatever your thing, you know, whatever you have to say. Yeah, maybe, maybe for me, I needed somebody close to me to be going through that, so I could follow them. Right. Whereas maybe you're just so self motivated that you look at that world and go, "Yeah, I could do that," you know, <laughs> and I will rise above that. My mom says I could do it. <laughs> yeah, that helps. I, mean, that I think helps. there really was an element to that too. But you, but you, you know. You, I imagine, as much as you were inspired by all of these people, the Gildas of the world, I mean, you inspired people, too. I mean... That's a nice thought. It is. Yeah. But it's true. But you, I guess yeah. you can't ever think of it that way. No, it's, it's great when somebody in comedy says that, a younger person in comedy says that to me, that they watched it and they were inspired. I think, oh, thanks. Okay. I know that feeling from the people I watched, but sure, if they feel that way, <laughs> good luck to them. I mean, yeah, it's lovely. God, I know, I know. I keep going back to Beetlejuice, but I just when oh, you're that was sh- fun, yeah. When you're oh, sh- sorry, he. I didn't really answer your question. He's got. He has a great sense of humor, and it was a really fun set to be on. Good, that makes yeah. me happy. Yeah, no, really fun. Because when you're yeah. shooting that, it's the set's a little offbeat, and everyone's yeah. doing, you know, a, something charactery. Yeah. And and are, are there times when you're on set and you're like, is this gonna? <laughs> So you're gonna. This is gonna work. You're gonna make this work. No, it is, felt like it. It worked. felt like it was working. Oh yeah, and there was a cute guy on the set I wanted to go out with. Oh yeah, <laughs> sounds like it worked out. Okay. <laughs> no, and, oh, Michael Keaton's so cool and funny, and I mean, what great casting! Incredible. Might have been great, but Michael Keaton's really great. <laughs> you know? Alec Baldwin was just starting out then. Yeah. yeah. Winona, sweet. She was like 13 at the time. Yeah. Uh, Glenn Shaddix, God bless him, he's gone. Who played Otho, decorator? Um, but Tim has re- great sense of humor, like just laughs. You can see that movie. There's real darkness, but then there's always something really funny and light that comes out of it. Yeah. You know? And that's what I love about his work generally. You know, he goes, he's not afraid to go dark, but then he's always pulls it out with some, you know, dark humor. Yeah. Um, but really fun on the set and, uh, and a great director as far as just kind of getting you in the right headspace and just laughing with you. And, in, and it's so encouraging that way, you know? But everybody, you know, we were all really into our characters. It was all very real when we were actually doing the scenes. But, oh, and Jeffrey Jones, too. Fun. Yeah, great cast. Yeah, cause, but, the, but you really do have to trust that every – you have to trust. You have to be able yeah. to – which I guess is part of the, the improv sketch training. 
It's like yeah. if I'm in this group, I got to trust these people. Yeah, you do. And you want to work with good people. I've been on a couple of jobs in my life, a few jobs, I guess, where I lost trust in the director, and that's bad. I mean, I I can turn mean. I think I feel like <laughs> you have taken me, and now you are abusing me. <laughs> I, get it, I take it so personally. I can't look them in the eye. They'll give me a note. It's like, yeah. Well, your time it's is terrible. precious. Like when you're young, well, you just want to. Everyone's is. I don't mean to say mine no, more than anyone else's. I know, but... but it is. When you're young, I think you just want to be in the game, and then sort of like you said, when you start to get when you start to get a little bit older, then you're like, oh, now I kind of want to decide how I am in this game. Or I want to I... learn something new. I want to be in good hands. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Who were people that you learned from? You know, like was it was it SCTV people? You yeah, definitely. So I can say in SCTV. Anyone then, in particular? Was it you know uh, Joe it... at the beginning and John Candy again? God bless him. Yeah. Too many people. The older you get, everyone's <laughs> gonna go until you go yourself. I know. <laughs> uh, um, not yet though. Not yet. Yeah, but he was great. He he hired me for the touring company. John, John did. Yeah. And uh, so I first worked with him as my director. Just so fun, lovely, everything you'd hope that guy would be. He really was. And uh, uh, and then Joe Flaherty directing the main company when I got in there and uh, watching Gilda, you know, I really wouldn't be here if it weren't for Gilda because I wouldn't have gotten that job if it weren't for her. And, what was she you know, doing so. on stage at that time? Oh, like very consistent, like you saw on Saturday Night Live. Like Rosanna, Rosanna, Danny yeah, type characters. Just kind yeah. of pure and, you know, innocent. There was just such a great little girl innocent quality about her. You know, her sweet little face and her gangly arms. <laughs> you know, just, uh, yeah, lovely. Really strong characters. Do you remember really, uh, really strong characters. Let's Talk Dirty to the Animals? Do you remember that? Sorry? Did, did she did the song Let's Talk Dirty to the Animals? Yeah, 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 yeah. There's, there's a moment in that, like, the timing, her timing <laughs> yeah. is so, fuck you, Mr. <laughs> Bonnie. Like, there's something, it's just like, her mouth. Yeah, that cute mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that Rosanna mouth. Yeah. And her uh, Patty Smith thing. Yes. Punk. The punk thing with the undershirt. And... Yeah. Did you have any particular Andrew favorite Lee. characters that you were that sort you sort of left at Second City that you weren't able to? Have... Oh, I just played. Well, as I got older and got a little more self conscious and wanted to look nice, I stopped playing. I tried to stop playing a lot of older, angry women. There's <laughs> 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 a lot of that. There's a lot of that in improvs. Playing just angry, battering wives, you know. Just hard asses. <laughs> I don't know why. It was just I kind of went there. When in doubt, either play insane, right, or really angry. Basically insane. Yeah. Then I got older, and then I'm on camera. It's like you don't always want to look like that on camera. No, but that's you know <laughs> it's just so great to see how ground to to get this sense of how grounded you are because <laughs> you so expertly can play a character who's like a millimeter away from just everything unraveling. <laughs> And but she doesn't quite. Thank you. But it's yes. close. It's just like you know, you know, especially Delia, or you know, yeah, certainly, yeah, yeah. you know, that was fun. Yeah, it's just those moments where it's like almost, but it doesn't quite. It doesn't quite <laughs> just break. Barely hanging on. How do you play crazy people so well? How do you play that? How do you play that so well? Uh, well, thank you. I guess it's. Uh, I always keep saying it's me on a bad day. <laughs> No, have you not had feelings like that that you could sort of tap into? Doesn't mean I could make them funny, you know. Oh yeah, it does for you. For you, it does. No, stop it! Cut it out! (laughs) Just stop it! (laughs) I will jump across this table and hug you. (laughs) I'll kiss you. I'll stop it. (laughs) So Schitt's Creek is in the third season now, 
and it's on uh, it's on I, I watched it on Pop. Uh, but, on, but it was CBC. On my DirecTV, it's not in HD. So get it together, Pop. Come on. Although on, um, on Eugene's TV, it's in HDV. HDTV. HD. It's an SCTV. It's an SCTV. His Creek is SCTV as well. Yeah, on his, he's got Time Warner and it's in HD, but it's not in Pop. So I like to watch it on Netflix and Amazon Prime. Yeah, it's great. Very happy. Very happy that it's. All over the place. Do, any are there any plans? I mean, do you do you get a, an occasional call from Chris Guest going, "Hey, we might do another thing at some point"? Or no, did I didn't it? get called about the last one. The fuck. <laughs> the fuck, man. Yeah, man. What no. are you doing? See, he doesn't no. know me anything. He needs to hear this. No, he doesn't know me anything. I'm gonna. He owes I, you. No, he's giving. He me, owes. I don't know him, but he owes no. me. No, 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 no he doesn't. He's giving me great, great opportunities and. I don't blame him. Wants to work with some new people. But I, I you know, you have such a, you have a writing background. Did you ever think, you, why not? Why don't I create something? Yes. I'm too lazy? You're not lazy. Maybe. I don't know that. No, not I was... when I work. I give myself, I forget that I have a husband and kids and I'm just completely devoted to, and knowing that, I guess I'm careful about what I do. Sure. Because I know that I'm just going to be completely swamped in my brain right. <laughs> by the job. In a fun way, but I will just get lost in it. Um, but they're right. Yeah, I don't know. I no. I'm uh, fortunately I can give my notes on the outlines on um, Shit's Creek, and I can rewrite dialogue, and it's you know, I get enough of that, uh, you know, and I can express myself as my character, and and it's fulfilling and fun, and yeah, that'll probably on my deathbed I'll probably regret not writing something a little more, you know. Because I have ideas over the years, and I, why don't I just do it? Why do I waste time reading stuff online? When I could be, <laughs> I could be writing. You could actually. That's be it. I'm going home to write today. Right now, Chris. Yes, you're going to make a thing. I will. Can I just? Be, you can have I, motivated me. I listen. Just let me. Just let me just be in it for like a scene. I'll just be like, okay, hey you, and then you, you can just be <laughs> running by me, and I'll be like churro. Like I'll be a churro guy. I'll be a guy with a churro no, card. No, it'll be better than that. Churro. It'll be more important. Than, well, that's important too. Sorry, yes. Okay. Churro. Like it's a little much more dignified. <laughs> churro. Churro. Fuck. Like I had you this love at home. your job. I did this at home. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know if you, know, I don't know if you're a big. I'm a huge Disneyland person. Love Disneyland. Are you really? They that's added weird. Sally to. Uh, the haunted mansion. I mean, like they when they do yeah. the the whole Nightmare Before Christmas, yeah. but they added her in the graveyard, like a full size Sally. Whoa. When you come, yeah. So this this past year was it was brand brand new, and when you come down into the graveyard, she's right. I'll show you a picture of it. Yeah. She's right there, just on one of the gravestones, just kind of like. No like, way. Yeah. That's lovely. Well, yeah. How about the life afterlife of that movie? That movie has become a lifestyle. Ridiculous. Yeah. The. Um, I've done um, a couple at the Hollywood Bowl where we do the live, you know, they show the movie, yep. Nightmare Before Christmas, and we do the live singing, which is pretty exciting to sing with an orchestra. Oh, that's amazing. We did the last two years. I need to, I need to do that. You're um, going to write me a check? That's so yes. funny. You know, it's hot in here, it's very, and you're very polite to not go, ah, but you're fanning yourself with a, with a checkbook. It's like the calendar part of it's a empty. checkbook. It's empty. It's empty. Notice. There's no so checks for, in there. Oh, no, you don't pay me for this. I, I owe you. Oh, no, I will. I'll no, I don't. As soon as I write that script. <laughs> I don't know why it's so hot in here. You know, it's so fucking cold for... Oh, no, it's me. As it's... soon as I'm uh, talking about myself. No. You're... Yeah, it gets me heated up. No, that... <laughs> it does. That's why I avoid this kind of thing. Uh, <sighs> this was so nice of you because I know you don't normally do this kind of stuff. And I called I called Mark Gervitz and I was like, <laughs> it's not press. You know, it's like it's just a conversation and she's so... I mean, 
you've always been on a list of people that I wanted on the on the show. There, there were a list, and funnily enough, a lot of them were SCTV people. You know, Harold Ramis was someone I really wanted. Did you? Talk uh, no, to I was him? never. Oh. I was never able to. But but just for, as far as a guy who created so many things that in, that you know completely changed yeah. my life from a comedy standpoint. Ridiculously prolific. Yeah. Yeah. When he he was original head writer on SCTV. Oh, I don't know if I knew yeah. that. And all day long, just putting out material, all, great material, just nonstop writing. Woke up in the morning, just started writing. You know, the rest of us would be blabbing about an idea forever, and he would just have put out four scripts already. But I think scenes. the fact that you all, you know, the that everyone was stayed friends through through everything, yeah. you know, and I assume was probably sort of like a a little support group from back home, you know, when everyone was in this kind of weird town and the yeah, weird yeah. business and everything. Well, I, I cannot thank you enough for coming on. Thank you, Chris. Um, I only sh- wanted to do it because I like you. Oh, they're the be- right, Oh, that so. makes me so happy. Get out of here. No, I'm serious. Oh. I'm, I, I, it's, it, it, it really means a lot to me because I can't imagine what my pursuit of comedy would have been if you hadn't been a major part of it, you know, and just so, and I, I know it sounds you know, I'm not pandering. It's legitimate truth. I'm just, I love it. I'm just trying to not get too because when I I'm good at mashing the fan stuff down, but when it starts to come up, sometimes I'm like, and then um, when you uh, give me a minute, you know, it's like how do you? How do you I'm embarrassed right now, but on my way home, I go. He likes me. I do. I do. <laughs> I'll be excited then when you're not looking. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. Shit's Creek. Uh, watch it. Uh, Eugene is uh, executive producer with his son, yes. uh, Daniel, yeah. yep. and uh, and the show is great. And it is it is very much what I. It's something I love seeing you do, like that that woman who's <laughs> evolves and she's she's out of her mind <laughs> in the best way possible. Yes. Uh, thanks for being here, Catherine O'Hara. Thank you, Chris Hardwick. Enjoy your burrito, everyone. Uh-huh. The end. Your churro. Your churro. Enjoy your churro. <laughs> Ma'am, your churro. You forgot your churros. Don't forget your dialogue. Don't forget. Shit. <laughs> That's why I need to come to rehearsal. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. Hey, it's Guy Raz here, the host of How I Built This, a podcast that gives you a front row seat to how some of the biggest products were built and the innovators, entrepreneurs, and idealists behind them. Every week, I speak to someone new, stories like Justin Wolverton's, a lawyer who just wanted a healthy alternative to ice cream, so he created Halo Top in his Cuisinart. Or Todd Graves, who grew his fried chicken restaurant Raising Cane's into one of the most successful fast food chains in the U.S. All of these great conversations can help you learn how to think big, take risks, and navigate crises in life and work from people who've done all of that and more. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus.